Hello, my name is Vance Need, and welcome to episode 5 of the PS Plus, a Living Faith Bible Institute podcast that serves as a companion to another called The Postscript. Now on that podcast, pastor and host Brandon Briscoe is going to speak with other pastors and professors each week from the Living Faith Bible Institute on a wide array of topics. Here on this podcast, the PS Plus, we'll take a look at some of those conversations that are being discussed and we'll continue those conversations a bit further. So right now we're in the middle of a series on dispensationalism. So in episodes three and four, we covered a lot of content and we're not going to rehash those. So go back and listen to those if you haven't already. We're just going to go ahead and dive right into today's content. So let's do this thing. So where we left off last time was with a judgment. And that, of course, is one of the patterns that we see in dispensationalism. There is a judgment and then a new steward is put in place. Well, the judgment last time was a global flood. And there's only one family that was perfect in their generations, that of Noah. Noah is also the chief steward of our first dispensation we're taking a look at today. The third overall, the dispensation of human government. Now, the source for this information, the scriptural basis for this particular dispensation is found in Genesis chapter 9 through 11. In Genesis chapter 9, verse 1, we find both the identification of the chief steward of this dispensation of human government, as well as the task that is given to the steward. Genesis chapter 9, verse 1 says this, And God blessed Noah and his sons, the steward, And said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. Again, we see both that Noah is the steward and the commission that he's given, the task that he's given, is to be fruitful and multiply, the same commission that Adam was given. So, this is something that's really interesting to think about. Noah, as an individual, has found grace in the eyes of the Lord. There's literally a world of wickedness, and yet Noah, Scripture records, is perfect in his generations and is saved by God. One of the things that we mentioned in a previous episode of the PS Plus is that even though God gives different instructions to different group of people throughout Scripture, the same method of salvation is present every single time, grace through faith. In Hebrews chapter 11, it says, By faith, Noah being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which... He condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness, which is by faith. So even though the dispensations are different, the method of salvation is the same, grace through faith. So unfortunately, by now, we should know what's going to happen at some point next, which is that the task that is given to the steward is not accomplished. There is a failure. Now, in this case, we see something similar to the dispensation of conscience. There's a failure on Noah's part, an individual, but also a failure on a larger group as a whole. In Genesis chapter 9, verse 20 through 21, it says, And Noah began to be an husbandman, and he planted a vineyard, and he drank of the wine, and was drunken, and he was uncovered within his tent. So I want you to think about this for a second, because Noah is a great example to us of a man of faith. But like all of us, Noah is a man, and here we see really a pretty big failure. This is someone who was supposed to be fruitful, to multiply, and essentially to rule over the earth, and yet he disqualifies himself because of his behavior. He becomes drunken. 
Now, later on in Genesis, we're going to see a failure of humanity as a whole. Again, this is the dispensation of human government, and so we're given humans a chance to rule as a whole governmentally, and we're going to see that we can't even do that well. In Genesis chapter 11, verses 1 through 4, it says this, And the whole earth was of one language and of one speech, and it came to pass as they journeyed from the east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar, and they dwelt there. And they said one to another, Go to, let us make brick and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone and slime had they for mortar. And they said, Go to, let us build a city and a tower whose top may reach unto heaven. And let us make a name, lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the earth. Now I want you to notice the logic of these people. They want to build a tower that reaches to heaven. They don't want to get to God on God's terms. They want to get to God on their own terms. They also want to make a name for themselves. And lastly, they don't want to do what the commandment for this dispensation is to do, which is to be fruitful, multiply, and scatter themselves upon the earth. This is, of course, the Tower of Babel, and those that are even vaguely familiar with the Bible knows how this story ends. There is a judgment in that God confuses man's languages and gets exactly what he wants, the scattering of humanity across the earth. In Genesis chapter 11, verses 5 through 9, it says, And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the children of men builded. And the Lord said, Behold, the people is one, and they have all one language, and this they begin to do, and now nothing will be restrained from them, which they have imagined to do. Go to, let us go down, and there confound their language, that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad from thence and upon the face of all the earth, and they left off to build the city. Therefore is the name of it called Babel, because the Lord did there confound the language of all the earth, and from thence did the Lord scatter them abroad upon the face of the earth. So this concludes the dispensation of human government, and we move on into the dispensation of the patriarchs. Now the location of this dispensation can be found from Genesis 12 all the way to Exodus chapter 18. So we're going to start moving here pretty quickly. In Genesis chapter 12, verse 1, it says, Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee. So here we find the chief steward in Abram. And Abram, or Abraham as he will later be called, is a huge deal in your Bible. If you're not familiar with him, he's dope. I mean, that's the only way to put it. He's a dope dude. Now, like all of the stewards, they're given a particular task, and Abraham is as well. It is to take the promised land. We find this in Genesis chapter 12, verses 2 and 7. And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curseth thee, and in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed." So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken unto him, and Lot went with him. And Abram was seventy and five years old when he departed out of Haran. And Abraham took Sarai, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all their substance that they had gathered, and the souls that they had gotten in Haran, and they went forth to go into the land of Canaan. And into the land of Canaan they came. And Abram passed through the land into the place of Sikkim unto the plain of Moreh. 
And the Canaanite was then in the land, and the Lord appeared unto Abraham and said, Unto thy seed will I give this land, and there builded he an altar unto the Lord who appeared unto him. So think about how awesome this is. God has given Abraham a specific set of instructions, and he's obedient. He gets up, he takes all his substance, and he goes where God has told him to go. Now, although Abram is obedient for a time, there is eventually a failure, and we find this in Genesis chapter 12. In verse 10, it says, And there was a famine in the land, and Abram went down into Egypt to sojourn there, for the famine was grievous in the land. Now, if you study Egypt in your Bible, what you find is that it is a picture of the world. Now, when we say picture, what we mean is that Egypt is consistently throughout scripture associated with the world and worldly values, the exact same things that we as Christians should not be for. So even though God has given specific instructions to go into the land of Canaan and Abram does for a time, he finds himself going down into Egypt to try and find his provision. Now, we're also going to see a failure in Abraham's descendants that we find very much later in the book of Genesis in chapter 46. In verses 6 and 7, it says, And they took their cattle and their goods, which they had gotten in the land of Canaan, and came into Egypt, Jacob and all his seed with him, his sons and his sons' sons with him, his daughters and his sons' daughters, and all his seed brought he with him into Egypt. Now, there's a lot of backstory here that we don't have time to get into. I know it's it's like we should, but these podcasts are super short, so just run with me here. This is great homework for you guys. You, it's, it, it's, it's stellar reading, I promise you. But suffice it to say, Abraham's descendants know what they are supposed to do. They are supposed to be living in the land of Canaan, the land that God wants to give to them. Now, of course, we know in the sequence of events, this pattern of dispensationalism, we're going to see a judgment. And this we find in Exodus chapter 1, verses 8 through 14. Now, there arose up a new king over Egypt, which knew not Joseph. And he said unto his people, Behold, the people of the children of Israel are more and mightier than we. Come on, let us deal wisely with them, lest they multiply and it come to pass that when there falleth out any war, they join also unto our enemies and fight against us and so get them up out of the land. Therefore did they set over them taskmasters to afflict them with burdens. And they built for Pharaoh treasure cities, Pithom and Ramses. But the more they afflicted them, the more they multiplied and grew, and they were grieved because of the children of Israel. And the Egyptians made the children of Israel to serve with rigor, and they made their lives bitter with hard bondage in mortar and in brick and in all manner of service in the field. All their service wherein they made them serve was with rigor. So here at the end of this dispensation, we find that this judgment has resulted in bondage for this nation, the nation of Israel. But God in his kindness is going to deliver them. Exodus chapter 2 verses 23, it says, And it came to pass in the process of time that the king of Egypt died, and the children of Israel sighed by reason of the bondage, and they cried, and their cry came up unto God by reason of the bondage. So with that, we're going to be ending on a bit of a cliffhanger. But if you know your Bible, I think you know who might be next on deck. So as always, I want to thank you so much for joining me on this episode of the PS Plus. If you're curious about dispensationalism, 
one of the great resources that we have, particularly being an LFBI podcast, is a class on dispensationalism. And you'll find this class taught by Pastor Alan Shelby, and it's called Systematic and Dispensational Theology. It is phenomenal. So if this is whetting your appetite for really some key foundational principles for understanding how your Bible is laid out, you definitely want to take that class. So I hope that you've enjoyed this episode. I've enjoyed talking with you all, and we'll talk to you next time. Take care.